In the Bible, in the book of Acts, chapter 27, verse number 23. Don't move, Jazzy. Stay, stay. Jazzy done transferred from guitar to piano today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Last night, an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me. Paul talked different. Y'all seeing this? And said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar. Isn't God good that he puts you through trials? I got one yes. You thought your trials was the devil. This man ain't going before Queens County Court. He ain't going to family court. He's going to go. God is saying, don't, don't worry about your circumstance because you must go before Caesar. So God is telling him that the trial he will await is actually the reason he should not fear his current circumstance. <laughs> One trial should be the confidence of why the current trial will not stand do not be afraid Paul you must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you so Paul is on a boat and he's headed on his journey so keep up your courage men for I have faith in God that will it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. So for all the people in here, running aground means the boat will hit sand or the bottom of the ocean or wherever they're sailing. He says, we're going to get stuck. 2731 I'm jumping ahead a little bit then Paul said to the centurion and soldiers unless these men stay with the ship you cannot be saved Ooh, that's powerful tell your neighbor don't jump ship stay on the boat no matter how rough it get if you jump off the boat you will die hallelujah he said then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, unless these men stay on with, with the ship, you cannot be saved. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let, the, let it drift away. Just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the, last, uh, for the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from your head. Come on, somebody. They ain't not eating. And Paul is talking about, y'all ain't going to die. And they can't eat. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Sometimes believers need to see you strong. Sometimes those on the job need to hear a voice that is different. 
while everybody's cowering, you standing strong saying, nay, in all these things, we are more than conquerors. Men, your family needs to see that you are strong. Husbands, your, your wife and your children need to see a man who is going to honor God and trust God. Only got like two men. Hallelujah. Men, your family needs to see you in the middle of all that is happening in the world, standing up and saying, if God be for us, who can be against us? And stuff isn't going right. They need to see a praying person in the home. Hallelujah. The world needs to see somebody different so they can't eat and he's standing up eating, giving thanks. After he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. Where did he see that before? After he said this, he took the bread and gave thanks to God in front of all of them. He broke it and began to eat. And they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. Altogether, there were 276 of us on board. And when they had eaten as much as they wanted, they lightened up the ship by throwing the grain out into the sea. That took faith now. Now you got to throw away the food and trust God. I want to talk. I'm going to read another story from Paul's life because Paul had a lot of stories of trials. Like not a, a lot of people want Paul's wisdom. They don't want to go through what Paul went through to get the wisdom. We like the depth of Paul. We like when Paul says, I, I want the, the, the mysteries of God. And the, we like that. But when it comes to the stuff he went through, nobody wants to go through this. After this, the boat did run aground, hit the sand. The boat shipwrecked and broke up. And they all were either paddling back or swimming on planks back to the shore. But not one of them died. There's another story in Acts 16.22. Paul cast the devil out of a, a, a girl. She had a demon that allowed her to tell the future. So not because somebody could tell the future mean they're of God. Now because somebody could see you coming into your car next week. Matter of fact, she was saying the right thing. These men are from heaven. They came to save you. And Paul said, you got a devil. <laughs> and they should have been rejoicing that she was freed. But instead, they were mad because they were making money off of her. And when the money is gone, we get mad. In Acts 16.22, the crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped. We ain't even gone to the beaten part yet. Stripped and beaten with rods. And they had been severely, severely flogged and they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully when he received these orders he put them in the inner cell so that's big jail 
and fasten their feet in stocks. About midnight, when it's dark, Paul and Silas were crying. Paul and Silas were saying, God, my back hurt. They didn't beat me. <laughs> Paul and Silas were. Where, where, where y'all at, man? Hold on. Now. All of it is on the screen and y'all still don't know what it says. Well, I can't help you. Ain't nothing I say can help you if you can't see it. They were doing what? And to they were what? And how many of you take that posture of praise and worship after trial hits? They were worshiping. And the other prisoners were listening to this. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake. Oh, there's a power in praise. That the foundation of the prison was shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. For the next two hours, I want to talk to you on the subject of off course but not lost let that sink in for a second off course but not lost let's pray father i thank you for your word it's blessed and i just pray that you would touch the hearts of your people and allow them father lord jesus to be ministered unto today by the power of the holy spirit Use your word to transform lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Jazzy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. God is good. Amen. Amen. God is good. I want you to know today that God, first point I want to make to you is that God keeps his promises. Whatever God says to you, he will keep. He is able to keep it in your life. Amen, somebody. Amen. Here's the second thing I want you to know today. Progress is not a straight line. The problem is sometimes we set out with goals in our life, with things that we want to do in our life, and we just think the way we planned it is the way it should go. Come on, talk to me in here. You remember when you were young and you said, you know, I am, I am 10 years old now. When I am uh, 15, I'm going to go to this high school, and then I'm going to graduate at 18, and I'm going to go to this prestigious college. And when I go there, I'm going to study what y'all was going to study. Not in the, New York is messed up, bro. What y'all was going? Y'all ain't studying. What was y'all going to study? Anesthesia, law, nurse. What else? Marketing. We were going to go study, and that's what, when we get there. We're going to study that for four years. We're not going to be distracted. No relationships. <laughs> Got to get this degree. Then you're going to get your masters. Come on, hallelujah. And then you know, like in coming to America. I'm on fries now. Soon, I'm going to be head cashier. And that's when. <laughs> so 
so you got plans and you he had a plan my man had a plan right and he, you you got plans and when you get your masters you're gonna marry someone you're gonna pick the perfect person come on they're gonna have good teeth G- good nails what else come on say all the things <laughs> that should like be like you shouldn't have to like demand that that should be present what else what else you're gonna marry the perfect person and then it goes on and then when we get married we're gonna get married this is gonna be the wedding this is where it's gonna happen we're gonna come up from the floor the smoke machines are gonna come out and we're gonna introduce ourselves here's mr. and mrs. and the world's gonna know our name we're gonna be a power couple goals Come on, you saw it on Instagram, relationship goals. You're going to be a power couple and you're going to take over the world. You're going to have businesses and you're going to, you're going to own stuff. And, 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 and then you're going to decide when you want to, to have kids. And then when those kids come out, they're going to be perfect. They will not smoke weed. They will not fornicate. They're actually going to sit in the front and choose to sit in the front of the class when they go to school. They're actually going to have a book bag with books and not paper in the back pocket going on a train. That ain't never going to be your child. And they are going to be brilliant and we're going to be a power family. You might end up being a power family, but it ain't going to go like that. Y'all want to hear how the story really goes? (laughs) You plan to go to school. You went to the high school. You ain't know you was going to get jump in 11th grade. You had to do something about that. So you hooked up with homeboy and he showed you another life. And by college, you went to college, yeah, but you were selling wheat. Never mind. Never mind. Come on, come on. Our lives go crazy directions. Or you go, you know, you go to school and it's perfect. And the guy had perfect teeth and he had everything. He brought you to the altar and he divorced you next year. And you sitting there with a baby left, the baby, or you get the kid and the kid, the kid is a killer. The kid is America's nightmare. And you know he's America's nightmare because you want to kill him too. You don't even like your kid. (laughs) Hallelujah. School calling, you want some what now? You ain't even arguing no more. At first, you'd be like, not my kid. My kid is perfect. And you lying through your teeth. You know your kid do the same thing in the crib. And you beefing. The kid is calling out in class and would not listen. When I tell him to sit down, you would not sit still. And you're like, that's not, that's, not. oh, are you sure? Yes. It's the same kid when you tell him to sit and eat who don't sit and eat. And he jump on the iPad, kick the TV and all this same thing he do in the school. Come on, somebody. Then you end up and you, you maybe make it to get your degree or maybe. Life go all types of directions. In other words, it don't go in a straight line. It goes, for some people, it don't be that you made bad decisions. You might make all the right decisions, but 
Somebody died in your life. A parent, a loved one. And you don't know how to cope with this. Now you got to make ends meet because they were a dependent. Or maybe you made it all the way up to marriage and it was good. But then the divorce happened and you never expected. Progress is not a straight line, y'all. It is filled with ups and downs in life. And I want you to know what is true for real life is true for your spiritual life. You come to church and you're like, how many of you have ever been there? This, this is it. I'm going to serve the Lord now. Found a new church. Loved it. Great. This is it. I'm going to grow in God. That new church will be an old church. The new people will be old people. It's either y'all ain't with me or it's like this is hitting like really hard and y'all like, hold on, man. Can you go a little easier on me today? <laughs> okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. Progress ain't a straight line. All right, I got it. <laughs> Somebody over there said, go easy, bro. The marriage ain't a straight line. Remember when you were getting married? Remember when you, y'all remember when y'all in love? Smart man in the room, he said, still are. He like, I got to go on with her. Let me throw that in there. Remember when y'all had butterflies? Come on, y'all. Remember you would spend money on her and don't even look at the bill? There's some cheap new age men up in this room, boy. Hey, like, speak for yourself, Pastor. We've been looking at the bill from day one. Like, you gonna get you gonna get dessert too? The soda was sweet. That's enough dessert. And you ain't even finished it. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And as much as life moves, the problem is we, 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 we are not aware that progress is not a straight line. So when you got married, you fool yourself when you think there weren't going to be hard times. You actually said it at the, the vows, right? See, new school, y'all do your own vows. I don't do new school. New, when people come to me be like, we have our own vows, I'll be like, yeah, but I'll make you say the old one too. They come at the altar, new school vows be like, the day I saw you, I was sitting there shivering and I just knew, I'm sitting there as past, I'm like, that ain't got nothing to do with what you're about to get into. You're going to shiver again in six months. <laughs> and, 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 you completely, baby. And all the, all, all the young people in the audience at the wedding are like, isn't it beautiful? And I'm there like, no, it's not. None of this is reality. Can I get an amen? amen? Hallelujah. Let these young people know that butterflies turn into snakes. What was once butterflies will feel like some poisonous cobras in your stomach like, you don't know my family. <laughs> You think it's a game. 
There's a reason. <laughs> Hold on, y'all are related to that a little too much. <laughs> Hallelujah. You said it at the altar for better or you didn't think that was going to come. What you thought it was just going to be for better? You know, all these spiritual pastors and be like, for better, uh, we're not going to confess worse. You ain't in reality, bro. You can't just not confess troubles. Jesus said in this world, you will have. The wise man is not the man who runs around and says, nope, I don't confess trouble. Nope, nope, that's not it. Nope, it'll never happen to me. You're a fool. The wise man is the one who prepares and builds so that when trouble comes, he's not shaken. Remember one time, I, I, back in the days when, when the, 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 the people, the confession movement was so big in the church. I remember that. I, I used to go to events and I didn't even know how to talk. You know, as a Guyanese, when people ask you, you know, I'm from the Caribbean, they say, how you doing? You say, I'm trying. That's just a, it's just a saying. It don't mean nothing. I remember I went to one pastor. He said, how you doing? I, you know, I said, I'm trying. He said, you never try. You either are or not. I said, okay. <laughs> not sure which one I'm doing right now, but got it. Another time, yo, you want to get something to eat? Man, I ain't got no money. I'm a little broke right now. Don't you claim that. All right, but when we get to McDonald's, it's still the same. I'm not going to claim it. Somebody got to pay for it. And it ain't current. I'm not claiming it, but let me see. Still there. You got to be real. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And you deal with reality, it'll help you prepare. Progress is not a straight line. But no matter what is happening in your house, stay on the ship. Stay the course. Keep going. Don't quit. The problem with being off course, and the title practically speaks for itself, you can be off course but not lost. Sometimes you're driving home and there's traffic. There's there's a roadblock and they put detours and detours send you in a place that you're not familiar with. But however, the GPS is still telling you that even though you are off course, you're not lost. And we trust the GPS because it's connected to something in the sky that's seeing the destination. I want you to know that you got something that you can trust. But the thing is, bam, off course often feels like loss. Because it wasn't part of the plan. And so when you get off course, you start to feel like, man, this ain't it. When that first fight happened in the marriage, you feel like, I don't, I'm not sure. Because this wasn't, you were supposed to be married and be happy all the time. Just smiles. It's like the person who requested, I want somebody with good breath. As great as their breath is one day. It's going to disappoint you. It's going to hit you like lightning in your jaw. Come on, y'all with me today? Let's go. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. And if it never hits you, it's probably because you hitting them. They don't talk to you. They want some talk to me over there. 
I'm going to try to get through this quick. Let me stop playing too much today. Playing too much. Of course, sometimes feel like I'm lost. And many of you are not lost. You're just off course right now. You're just in a place that don't feel like this is where the plan was. I'm here to tell you that it's okay. If you stay focused on God, he'll get you to your destination. The question becomes, how do I stay focused? I'm going to tell you how. You got to apply the principles that have worked for the same men in the Bible by staying connected to God through his word, through his people, through prayer and through his spirit. Paul had a relationship with God that even while being off course, he would guarantee people around him, you will not die. Why? Because I am on a course that God has promised he's going to get me there. So don't let the situations that is arising trick you. The God that we serve keeps his promise. Now y'all eat some food and be happy. He's often off course so many times. And I just pulled two of the stories out, but I could show you many more. The Bible says even as he, uh, uh, the boat was shipwrecked and they, they arrived to a, an island called Malta. For all the Caribbean people, listen, no, it's not that. No, 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 no. With the vitamin B and all that. No, stop. <laughs> and the Bible says that immediately when he went there and they started a fire, guess what happened to him? A snake bit him. And the people said, when they saw the snake biting him, this is what they said. They said, this man must have committed some evil sins. Because Paul is coming off shipwrecked in chains. Imagine you shipwrecked and swimming for your life. And as soon as you land on the shore, they're locking you up again. He's being dragged by... Come on, somebody. We don't want to suffer for God. We don't want to go through nothing for God. We just want all of what God gives. And we don't ever think that trials will ever hit. But this man is literally and warming himself up. The people started to make judgment and say, what crime did he commit? He must have been such an evil sinner that God couldn't even wait for his trial. God put a snake to bite him. But they sat there and after time passed, they said he should have swollen up and died by now. But Paul ain't dying. And they changed their mouth. They said, he's not a sinner. He's actually a God. And, 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 And I can go trials after trials after trials. But I just want to pull one thing from Paul's life today. That if you can get this, it will keep you. And that is in your toughest moments, focus on God and begin to pray, praise, sing, and worship him. Paul was just flogged, beaten, thrown into prison. And the Bible, instead of saying he had a victim mentality, he felt defeated, he was lonely, he he needed a therapist, he needed, I just need some me time right now. I need, he did none of that. Because after the me time, after the therapist, after everything you do, you still the problem, still. But he knew there was one place if I go to, 
The storms might be raging outside, but there's peace on the inside. There's a power that is able to take these shackles off. What the song says, take the shackles off my feet so I can... There's a power that can break chains in your life that you have access to. Hallelujah. Do you know that when you pray, you're saying that I'm praying to the being that controls the universe. You are saying that when I bow my knees to pray, the ultimate being that runs the world, I have access to. How do you treat that access? Oh, some of us don't understand that because if you did, you'd pray a little bit more. You're saying to me, it, it, it's, like, it's like when you needed a favor and, and, and you didn't know what to do. But then somebody said to you, I know the CEO of the bank. Come on, somebody. You needed a loan and you know your credit score is a 0.2. Come on. Hallelujah. Come on. You've been there. Hallelujah. You had a credit score of no. You looked up your credit score and that joint said, don't even try, bro. That joint said, yo. You ever see, ever pull up your credit score and your credit score said back to you, yo. You wildin'. Come on, you never seen a credit score like that? (laughs) What's your credit score? Wildin'. (laughs) Too too much fun today. Hey, you you got me, right? You got me? Because I I don't feel like you got me. Hallelujah. But got me. Amen. He know what I'm talking about. But, 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 the the thing is, I was making a point. (laughs) Got messed up there. Amen. What? The CEO. Yes, you see, you paying attention. Hallelujah. Taking notes. Good. I don't see your book. Hallelujah. But, but, but it's like when you needed that loan and your credit score was wilding and then you, somebody said, I know the CEO and you know, I could talk to him for you like, yes, you call that person every day. Yo, 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 man, how you doing, man? How's the family? You know, you ain't care about no family. How you doing? You just want to get to the question. Yo, did you talk to him? Because you know, he can pull the strings to make it happen. You're saying that you got the God of the universe on speed dial. So why worry? And this is what Paul understood, that it doesn't matter what comes up against me. I can talk to God. And he begins to worship. Hallelujah. Here's a point. To receive the gifts and ignore the giver is the essence of idolatry. Write that down. That ain't going to stay in your head. Write that down. Take a photo of it. Start taking notes in church. To receive the gifts and never acknowledge the giver is the essence of idolatry. It tells that all you want is his hands, not his heart. But here's my next point. The giver is worthy of praise. The Bible says, listen to what the Bible says. The Bible says in the book of Psalms 145.1, I will exalt you, my God and my King, and praise your name forever and ever. I will praise you every day. Yes, I will praise you forever. 
Great is the Lord. And some version says it like this. And greatly to be praised. Or he is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. Let each generation, hallelujah, tell its children of your mighty acts. Let them proclaim your power. I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on my every tongue. I will proclaim your, that's worship, y'all. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. Why does God want praise? Why does God want praise? I've had atheists say, your God is a, is a God who is so petty that when you don't praise him, he get mad. Their concept of praise is the same reason they want praise. They want credit for things they have done. So, so when we write a good song and that, and that song is sung by someone else and it becomes a popular song and we don't get the credit, we say, I wrote that. Give me my credit. But the problem is there's so many good songs that nobody ain't studying you. There's everything you will ever do. So, so many other people will do it. You, you go and you start a business and you become a millionaire and people are like, bravo. You go and do something spectacular, people are like, bravo. And what we understand as praise is give me credit for what I've done. The problem is, is that everything that any human being will do can and probably will be done. Do you all follow? Amen. But sometimes in, in the athletic world, this, this, I, 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 I often refer to this to show you what happens in an arena. Y'all know I'm a big fan of Steph Curry. Let's just get that out the way. There are times I'm watching a game, whether it be a playoff game, a game six, a game whatever, and you're sitting there intense at the TV because this game don't matter, but it matters. You know what I'm talking about? It matters because you got to come to church and see people like Steve and Sam. And uh, so it matters. And, and yeah, Ridge Dolphin now too, unfortunately. People you're trying to love but give you reason to. <laughs> Amen. Y'all, y'all hear what I'm saying? And so you're watching the game intensely and, and, and the announcer comes on and he says, one minute left in the game. And your team is down by three points. And there's only one man you know you want taking that shot. You don't want to see Jordan Poole take that shot. Get him out of here. You definitely don't want to see Draymond take the shot. There's two guys I'll say that you want that ball in their hand. And as that clock counts down 10 seconds and they, they dribble in half court, you would worry if Draymond is half court. But if Steph is half court, Josh, you smiling hard. <laughs> you, you, you still kind of, 
And as it goes down to five and they begin to screen and whatever and pass the ball off and you see him set up three, two, and the ball leaves his hand. Time freezes. And you're just waiting to hear one sound. And when you hear that sound, the whole arena goes in pandemonium. My house, it don't matter who's sleeping or what time it is. I walk down the streets of Long Island letting them know there's a young boy in the Bay Area who's the greatest. I'm going too far, right? We still get that to Mike, right? You still, you, you start screaming this pandemonium. And imagine the announcer coming on at that moment. Okay, guys, calm down. The game is over. You've won. You may exit the building. That arena will look at that announcer on some. They got to let that marinate and let the people celebrate. No one told them to. Them doing it did not make the shot go in. (laughs) But because it was only one person that was capable of doing it and did it, it people who talk about, I'm an introvert, I don't praise in church. At that moment, they're like, I'm a little bit not introvert right now. Y'all ever see sports? Sports make people who you thought were quiet get different. What happens? Something about the accomplishment demands something in you. Your praise didn't make him do it. Your praise had nothing to do with it. But the action was so amazing that it demanded a praise from you. And somebody said it like this. An incredible God. Mm, He don't need it. It don't make him God. It don't make him bigger or smaller. But when he moves his mighty hands. Oh my gosh. When he comes into the the room where the sick person was and the doctor said this is over and he said not on my watch and he heals next Sunday in church the church is in oh somebody ought to know what I'm talking about in this place that that when God when when you didn't know how things were going to turn around but God stepped in and it turned around you didn't know what else to do your praise didn't make it happen your praise didn't help it to happen your praise was demanded by it happening an incredible God deserves incredible who's with me in this house today an incredible God oh he he said it like this to, to, to Job. He said, where were you when I flung the stars? He said, you want to talk, Job? Let's have a conversation. You worried about your little situations? Tell me this, Job. Where were you when I flung the stars in the sky? And the morning stars began to sing. Where were you when I told the ocean you could only come thus far? Where were you, Job? Look at Leviathan. 
can you even tame such a beast and oh my gosh when you see the mighty works of his hand this is how you begin to praise like the psalmist i will praise you forever because an incredible god deserves incredible praise look at this look at this why does he demand praise God is not some person running around with some mindset of, if you don't praise me, I'm big mad. Your praise don't move God or stop God. Or When David began to worship for that ark coming back, he knew what was coming back. He wasn't worshiping to bring the glory back. He was worshiping because the glory was back. And he knew wherever that glory was, it will be. The, the Bible says that when he was bringing back the glory, he heard it was in, uh, what's his name's house? Obed-Edom. And then the Bible says, and everything for him was begin, being blessed. Everywhere the ark go, it was blessing. And whenever they put it in a sinful place, it was killing. It was blessing the people. It was cursing. So if you want God's glory around you, make sure you you right. <laughs> Come on, somebody. And the Bible says that he said, the Bible says he danced, he danced till his wife said, you have truly made a fool out of yourself. And he said, you will be replaced. <laughs> he said, you about to find out progress is not a straight line, honey. Yeah. Hallelujah. He begun to praise. A couple things from that scripture that I want, I want, I want to leave with you. And I'm, I'm done. I'm done, y'all. I promise you. Make sure your children know what God has done in your life. Amen. Talk that God talk to your children as much as they don't want to hear it. Yes. When your kid comes in, Mom, your iPad is broken. Come, let's pray about it. Ah! <laughs> no, God is able. You don't think God is able? You start a whole Bible study there. Come on, tell them God is able. Let them see you praying. Let them see you talk about God. Let them, hallelujah. Listen, not only that, make sure you speak of God's goodness, not only in private devotions, but in common conversations. Stop keeping God's secret. On the, on the workplace, on the workplace, they're on some, yo, man. Yo, bro, you saw what happened on the news. Yeah, man, God, God be glorified. All right. But yeah, it's crazy, right? What happened in, in uh, the, the, the circle square place? Shouldn't know what the, that's it. They were giving out PS3s. What PS we up to, bro? Sorry, man. Sorry, I ain't, I ain't played in a long time. You know what I'm saying? I'm still on Nintendo. Hallelujah. No? And you, and they talking about, you see that Panama? Man, God is good, bro. God is able to turn the hearts of men around. They looking at you like you're crazy. And then you hit them with the Mary Mary. I love God. You don't love God? What's wrong with you? That's what that's what this the, I don't know if y'all are paying attention to what's happening in the world and I'm not saying this to make you fearful because this world is going where it's going on a train kingdom people we headed in a different direction but when you look at the world because we have now decided that we're not only going to impose what is morally right on society we are going to sanction other places if they don't do what we deem morally right, we thought everybody was just going to be like, I bet we're just going to go along to get but people sometimes got standards 
And they say, keep that in your house. But as for me and my... And every empire that you've ever searched in history that has ever fallen, the number one driving force behind them all was immorality. And when you... Y'all don't even want me to go there. I'll come out. I'll go back. An incredible God deserves incredible praise. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm done. Listen to this. Benefits of a life of praise. Number one, it keeps you from pride. When you praise, it causes you to humble yourself and remember that he's God, not you. The second thing, it keeps you from criticism and compliments. Notice I said and compliments because we like the compliments, but compliments have a way of making you feel yourself. And when you get there, that's almost dangerous as when you down yourself. Pride and false humility are both things on the opposite side. Come on, somebody. Praise will remind you that when somebody says good job, you take that good job and you give to God. Criticism will remind me that your opinion is not God's opinion. And God, not, not, let me say that God don't have opinion. Whatever he says, it is. Come on, somebody. Amen. It keeps you from complaining. The next time you feel complaining, come to your mouth, start it in the name of Jesus. I bind my mouth. Start praising. Lord, this is not against me. This is not, I'm not a victim. I'm a child of God. I'm a child of the kingdom. I am not a loser. I'm not a nobody. I'm not, I'm not what everybody else says to me. I'm a child of God. I'm yours. I was bought with a price. You went on a whole cross for me. You took a whole beating for me, Lord. So how dare I walk around like I'm some victim. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. And who God blessed? Nobody. No devil. Nobody anywhere can ever curse. I am a child of God. I am a child of God. And no devil will ever be able to stop that in this life and the one to come. I'm covered by the blood of Jesus. I'm covered. I'm sealed by his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I am blessed. And stop complaining. God, I don't got this. I don't got I got you, Jesus. And if I got you, it can turn around God I got you I might not have the money to pay the bill this month but I'm believing that you who are able to supply all my needs according to your riches and glory God even if I gotta go two three months in the struggle I know that God the latter will be greater than my past you're able to turn things around but what I won't do is I won't complain the songwriter said I've had good days and I've had bad days and when I look back and I measured them all of my good days outweighed my bad days and I won't complain ah, I feel that right there do I have one or two people in this house your good days have outweighed your bad days your good days have outweighed your bad days your call who am I talking to in this house your good days are better than your bad days can't complain you got can't complain I can't complain mine understand this you can't complain whatever's happening to you you still can't complain he's good listen to what praising does it keeps you from competing come on 
I know the God that blessed Gage is the God that will bless me. I know the God that will bless Rich is the God that will bless me. I know the God that blesses Stacy is the God that blessed me. The God that blesses Savannah, she gonna bless me and God will bless me. Hallelujah. The God that blesses Range is the God that blesses me. The God that blesses Bam. So you know what I do? I don't want to run around mad at when I see Bam get successful and start hating on his post when I see him doing great things. I don't get mad at Julian. I do get mad at, now I'm joking. I don't get mad at Julian when he's doing great things in his life because I want him to succeed. Because if God can do it for him, whenever he gets elevated, whenever God blesses him it's a reminder that he's in the neighborhood if he's blessing him I'm next door God pass me not oh gentle Savior oh come on somebody when you begin to praise God you ought to start praising God for other people if you can't praise God for your own blessing praise God for somebody else's because he's in the neighborhood be happy for them be happy for them Stop not wanting people to prosper, you devil. Stop viewing everybody's success as your failure. That's the devil. Somebody's success is God's hand on their life. Come on, somebody. Listen to this. It keeps you free from constant discouragement and anxiety. If you constantly discourage watch what you it's funny to me discourage people be torn up and still got enough time to watch a season of a Netflix show you don't want to get out of but it's therapy for me no it's not it's killing you put on some music crack open the Bible get a book go read C.S. Lewis he's too deep I don't like how he talk get with it Even C.S. Lewis said it one time. He said, the thing that's good for you, you're not even aware of it until it becomes good for you. He didn't say it like that. That's, my, that's rich version of C.S. Lewis. And what he meant was the child who starts to read in school, it's almost like you got to reward him to want to read. He don't want to write. He don't want to learn to read. But he don't know that the joy of reading one day will be so good to him. And a lot of times the things we're supposed to do in God don't feel good. But you don't know that one day that thing will be the joy. That praise will... Oh, come on, somebody in this house. Who am I talking to in this house? It's like right now, if I told the whole church we're going to learn Greek and Hebrew, you're going to be like, for what? That's crazy. But if you actually learn it, one day what is detrimental to your mind will cause you to crack open scriptures in the original text and cause <laughs> everything that is good for you don't feel good. Like right now, soon as church is finished, the, 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 the enemy going to tempt me through Sister Sherry with some oxtail peas and rice. But it's not good. You see how the devil work? I was with that section all service until then. What I should go do is eat stuff that's going to keep me living. So y'all know what to pray for after church. Yes. Hallelujah. I got a problem now. Start thinking about that. But it'll keep you from discouragement. 
You don't feel like praising, but praising will change you. That's why coming to church is important. This is why being in a small group is important. This is why being, a, being around God's people don't feel great. Hey, come on, we're having a garage sale. Oh, bro, I'm actually going to plan that day to do some things with my family. And you go out with your family, y'all big mad at each other. If you went out yesterday and you were big mad at each other, you should have been at the yard sale. You know, we got to have some me time. What am I saying? I'm not saying that you shouldn't have family time alone, but I'm telling you, don't ever put the things of God as an option after I've done everything else. Because then God is going to put you. I'm so grateful that that's not the truth. God don't deal with people like that. I'll just try to be God. I just try to be God. Sometimes I'm like, if I was God, I'd put you all second. I'd be like, he ain't, he ain't coming to the barbecue, so... He ain't going to eat barbecue for the next year. I'm done, y'all. I know y'all want to go. I, I know. I'm so grateful God ain't me. Look at this. If it keeps you grateful in every circumstance, it gives you a thankful spirit. And last, and I'm done, it helps you to really believe that God is working all things for good. And so today you might be off course, but you're not lost. You got a GPS and you can access him by this thing called prayer and praise and worship and talking to God. And you refuse to let those things happen in your life that comes to steal. When the enemy can steal this, when the enemy is controlling this, that means he's got this. But when worship is coming from your lips... Your life will never be the same. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes in this place. God, in the name of Jesus.